What's going on? And welcome into today's Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson, alongside my co-host Jim Meikenhofer. And what a rough night it was for the Pelicans. Unfortunately, a loss last night, 125 to 124, a 17-point lead. Uh, disappeared quite quickly for New Orleans, up by that much with six minutes to go. But Damian Lillard uh, did some Damian Lillard things last night with 50 points and 10 assists. We'll get into that a little bit, kind of with our topic today, and hopefully. We're going to bring in a ray of sunshine to kind of help us with this cloudy day here in New Orleans. That's former Pelicans and Hornets forward Ryan Anderson. And the reason why we're bringing in Ryan today, yeah, Ryan with the jazz hands. I'm the, I'm the ray of sunshine. I like that. Thank you, you are a ray of sunshine. <laughs> Thank we need you, Ryan. And, you know, the way we saw what we saw from Damian Lillard last night kind of got us <laughs> thinking about the evolution of the three-point shot. Um, even since, you know, the, the start of your career and how it's evolved over um time but but first of all how are you ryan what's new with you i am i'm doing great i'm out here in houston not a whole lot of sunshine out here either today but uh no i'm enjoying it out here we have baby number two on the way it's a girl i'm terrified um just because we have a boy already and it's like he's a bruiser so i can't imagine just having a girl is just gonna i'm gonna melt so i'm excited about it um in life right now i have a few things in the works that uh pretty soon i think we could talk about but not necessarily quite yet but next next podcast uh i most likely will have a new venture which i'm really excited about and uh life's good man i'm happy things are good how are you boys how are you boys doing you know besides last night we're doing okay here um I'm, I'm expecting baby number two as well uh and it's a girl in july and this will be my second girl so all i can give you all the 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 advice uh you need for uh for a baby girl there congratulations we talk friend. we need to talk after this yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, no i'm i'm very i'm super excited about it but speaking of damian lillard uh, he does that kind of stuff man <laughs> i mean uh, i i bumped into him on at, at, during an all-star break and I never really had a, a long conversation with him. And the, you know, we, we kind of just bumped into each other in crossing and he's like, you know, I hit my first game winner ever on you. And I'm like, what? Oh Damian, come on, man. If you look back in new Orleans, Damien's like, I obviously guys, let's just face it. I was never known to be as the best defender in the NBA, but I did have the job of trapping Damian Lillard and being the guy that's supposed to contest his deep three. But that was before he was like the buzzer beater, lockdown, you know, unreal champ that he is. So, but Damian is a beast. I'm sorry about the loss, you guys. You know, it happens. happens. It does happen again. It's kind of why we wanted to talk to you, especially uh, (laughs) how things have changed. Um, Obviously, do you, do you know where you are ranked as far as three-point shooting in the NBA, as far as your all-time? Do you know how many you've made in your career, anywhere close? Do you have a ballpark? <laughs> uh, 623. I have no idea. I've never looked that up. I don't know. It's it's kind of uh, – it's interesting because, you know, you, you obviously – you have no idea. I never really knew how much I was shooting in a game until – I got to Orlando and everybody's telling me I'm shooting the most threes in the NBA and, and uh, all this stuff. And I'm just playing. So when you're in the game, you're not really knowing, you know, what you're, what you're shooting, but uh, what is it? Do you have the number? 1,325. That is 49th 
on the all-time list, Ryan Anderson. Wow. Well, that's so you are an expert exciting. when it comes to threes. And let's talk about your days in Orlando, um, because we talked about this when uh, we had you on about Stan Van Gundy, is how that was kind of the start of the three-point evolution. You had Dwight Howard and, and Stan in Orlando built the roster to have four shooters surrounding him and basically opening things up. Um, did you think that the three-point shot was going to blow up to what it has been today based on uh, from your days in Orlando? Um, no. I mean, you it's, it was, it's impossible to, you know, when I came in the league to see the evolution of where it is now, when you see almost four, you know, forward size player, or I'm sorry, five forward size players or five guards on the court at the same time, it was never a thing. I mean, when I first came in the league, Shaq was still playing and Yao Ming was there and obviously Dwight Howard and <clears throat> the game was just even more physical and more dominant and and, uh, you know, there was a system in play. And now, it, yeah, it's just completely different. When I first came into the NBA, I was a unique player, you know, being a, a big guy that could shoot the, the ball and stretch the court. I never, you know, that was never my bread and butter. Like, shooting threes was never my game. Like, just a shooter, you know, everybody wants to just say that I'm just a three-point shooter. I mean, I uh, most of my game – my whole life in, in college was working out of the post and I shot a few threes. I was never known as just a three point guy. And then when I got to New Jersey, my first year, <clears throat> they, they kind of saw the trend of that happening. And, you know, if a guy could stretch, it's funny because my latter years in the NBA, I'm seeing guys do this with centers, like coaches take centers and say, Hey, let's see if you can stretch us out to the corner three now. And, you know, a guy like Robin Lopez, who I, you know, been close with my whole career. It's like the guy was never shooting threes. And then now, you know, a few years ago, I'm seeing coaches giving him passes like they're like I used to get passes, you know, like all around the arc, shooting deep threes, all this stuff. And I'm like, Robin was never known to be a shooter. I mean, he can make them, but it's a it's it's odd, you know, it's it's like being a unique player. And then now every power forward was expected to make shoot and make threes by the time my career was starting to come to an end. And then now it's like, what's a center, you know, you have to be a, you have to be a forward center now. I mean, there's really no, no way around it. So it's everybody's shooting threes and, and it, they realize, you know, it, it's obviously makes a huge impact in the numbers in the game. So it's a, it's a valuable thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess going into, I guess, your evolution with yourself, you know, how much was it that you just had to sit there and practice threes all the time? How do you become a three-point shooter? Is it just about the reps and, and just shooting them in practice? Or is this something that you say, all right, I'm going to be a three-point shooter now. I'm just going to, you know, keep working on it until I get it. Um, how does that work, I guess, for, for a shooter and how he develops his game to become – such a great three-point shooter yeah you know it's a hundred percent repetition and practice and just a want to uh for me it was a want to make an impact in the league you know i i i know my strengths and my weaknesses i know that i'm was never going to come in and you know be in the dunk contest my first year you know i i knew that for me uh, my strength lies in my skill and my ability to to score the ball but if i'm not going to be put in a position to score in the post you know and the coaches are telling me 
you know, we're in our system, you know, we spread the cord and, um, you know, we, we need you to, to be that guy that's shooting corner threes or whatever it is, trail in threes. It was a whole lot easier to make, <laughs> to get open shots then, um, just because they saw the, 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 the value and something unique and, and different and where defenses weren't really used to it. Like defenses never switched, you know, it was always a show, you know, there, so it would always provide an opportunity for somebody to be open. Um, so taking advantage of those defensive systems, uh, you know, was, was key in, in getting me to get mentally adjusted to just being mostly a shooter. So, yeah, of course, I mean, coaches are telling me your opportunity is getting, you know, uh, uh, your opportunity lies with threes. I'm going to get in the gym and I'm going to work on threes and I'm going to, you know, work on threes off the move and transition trail threes. And um, it's amazing now, man. I'm, I'm really close with Duncan Robinson, you know, with the heat and I, the, you, you see how he can just snatch, snatch the ball from a handoff and just like shoot a three faster than anybody I've ever seen. I mean, guys are finding ways to get, get their shots off even faster and it's it's insane to see but the game has evolved even to that now where it's like we nobody was practicing that kind of stuff to have to get your your shot up that fast so uh but yeah i've kind of talked all over the place about that but essentially getting work in getting reps in and and uh you know knowing where you can fit in and 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 make an impact especially from a three-point shooting standpoint Ryan, one of the things that you mentioned that I think is interesting is, you know, you talked about how you transitioned and evolved from a guy that played in the post to a guy that shot more outside. I think one of the things that people have discussed a lot in the last few years is that the way the game game is officiated, the amount of physical contact that is allowed kind of as you get closer to the basket, it seems like a lot of teams have decided that posting up is just not efficient. And I know there's a whole discussion about analytics that can go into that. And I think that's a factor as well. But um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I have a bunch of questions about kind of the direction of the game and, you know, whether you want to weigh in on some of this as far as whether it's good or bad um, for the NBA or for basketball. But um, one of the main things I was curious about, and a lot of people have talked about this lately is especially this season is how many, how much is too much as far as three point shooting. I know, um, Houston, I think even maybe some of the teams that you played on were the first teams to take over 50% of their shots were from three point range. And it seems like the way the game's going, it might be the, to the point in a few years where every team shoots more than half of their shots from three point arc. So, I mean, is there a point where you say like, okay, this is, this is too much. There's too much instead of the game being more diversified where you have like the best teams can post up, they can score from mid range, they can shoot threes. It seems like it's getting to the point where it's like, if you're the best three point shooting team in a lot of the games, you're going to win regardless of what else happens. Jim, you're just thinking like the old school guys, you know, you just want, <laughs> you miss the game. You miss the, the game with the center and the, no, no, it honestly, I mean, it, it, I think the game will evolve back at some point, but not anytime soon, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's trending this way. And uh, if a team decides, oh, all of a sudden we're going to get this big slugger, you know, center, we're going to get Shaq back in the game. I mean, it's 
how's Shaq going to guard Joel Embiid or not, not nothing to say like Shaq could never do it, but I'm just saying we got, got, we got center or, or Jokic, a guy who's shooting threes and can shoot mid range and play all over and pass and score. It's just a different game. Like obviously Shaq dominated in an era where you had to be big and strong, but um, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's it, the game has just evolved so much. Um, and if a team decided to change that, then they're just going to be left in the dust. So you kind of have to trend with the time. And, and I think, you know, my first year in, in Houston, <clears throat> one of our first meetings with Dan Tony, he said, you know, he's going on the whiteboard and he's talking about all this stuff that we, you know, future plans and goals and trying to win a championship and all this stuff. And, and he said, you know, we're going to, we're going to shoot 53s this season. And everyone laughed. Everyone started laughing like, come on, man, you know, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm not kidding you. Like we're in maybe three times that season or multiple times that year, we shot over 53s. And then all of a sudden the next year that record was broken. And then the next year that that record's broke, you know, so it's, it's teams are realizing, you know, it, the game has become so much analytic is, has become based around so much analytics and especially a team like Houston is analytic hotspot destination or it was with yeah. Daryl Morey, but now Daryl's branching out to, to Philly and they're having success. So it's like, maybe there's something there. And, and the amount of numbers, man, that you, you have to process when you play for a team like the Rockets, it's not like just go out and play basketball. It's like, no, we shoot it at this time, this time on the clock, this, you know, if we can get this many threes up in the first five minutes of the game and it's just like, there's so much more than just playing the game of basketball now, but it, you know, it's obviously working and, and that's the trend. So everybody has to keep up with it. Sure. And I think one of the thing, one of the, one other interesting element of what's happened in the game too, <laughs> is that you mentioned, you know, Shaq, who was like a generational type player. There's obviously guys coming into the NBA that have his kind of, maybe not as big as him and maybe not exactly the frame that he has, but they're in that mold as far as just seven footer likes to play around the basket. Um, that kind of thing. If this is something that I think somebody on like a national level could explore more, but I, I think it's interesting just that there's more, there are more, there were more seven footers in the NBA. I have to look this up, but I think in the eighties than there are now, partly because right. of the way that, and it seems like just defensively that's become, the issue you talked about how tough it is to guard some of the versatile guys. And I think, you know, Shaq was even in, during his career, they started putting him in pick and rolls defensively. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just so much, it's so much tougher. I feel like too, without going in, without going into too many specifics or whatever, we've seen guys who basically got kind of got played out of the NBA in terms of like that style, the style that they have defensively, they couldn't, it's kind of like swimming in deep water. They couldn't um, couldn't do it anymore. I, I think actually one of the guys that I've brought up in the post game radio show before was Roy Hibbert because about maybe eight ten years ago he was kind of seen as like the future of the NBA at center. He was a rim protector, and then all of a sudden it, it was like other teams are putting lineups on the floor where you're like, who does who does this guy guard? So I think right. that's that's a really interesting um, element of element of it as well. Um, no question. 
yeah, one... yeah it's it's oh sorry just you... no go ahead go ahead no i i was just gonna say i mean to to a degree you know it it affected my latter years and in, in playing you know it's it's the power four position you know with draymond green and the way that you know you saw how it evolved in houston for me you know i started 50 games my second year in houston I get sick one day and then PJ Tucker starts and it's like, wait, what's going on? You know, you're cha- no one t- said anything to me. Nobody. It's just the game trended that way because they needed somebody who could guard. And he was shooting three point shot at a pretty high clip, especially in the corner. And, you know, that's the way the game evolves. Guys do, you know, trend out. Like for me, I can keep up with the game when it's a little bit slower and more physical. I mean, I, I put on 20 pounds my first year in the NBA to, to keep up with the bigger guys. But, um, you know, that was – it was easier to guard in a system like that. Now you see guys where, like, you know, Milwaukee, like Giannis is playing the five. Like, yeah, I can't score. What am I going to do against Giannis? You know what I mean? So it's uh, – unless I shoot a three from half court. You know, so basically it's it's – it's unique in that way because you have to guard, you have to, yeah, to be able to be on the court, you have to be able to guard, you have to be able to shoot, you have to be able to uh, make some kind of a, obviously you have to make some kind of an impact, but the game is just, it's not just a one through five positioning anymore. It's, and I think the three point shot has a huge part to do with that. But also, I mean, the game, everybody's switching now. So the game to eliminate easier three-point shots. So like mm-hmm. everyone is switching. So would you rather have a guy like PJ Tucker playing the five and switching or a guy like Roy Hibbert playing the five and switching, you know? So, right, right. so it's, uh, you know, the evolution, it, I, I was just listening to something recently where offense is just getting so good in the NBA now and players are just so talented and figuring out how to break down defenses so much now that defense is just like so far behind the offensive game. You know, there's no defensive scheme that all of a sudden is going to stop what's going on right now. That's why guys are scoring at a higher clip than ever. And and so it's just interesting. It's definitely interesting, but three-point shot has a lot to do with all that. The reason why guys are switching is because of the three, you know? You mentioned that your counteracted strategy against Giannis would be to shoot from half court three. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I was wondering it. how much did you see the um, increase of, of guys practicing 35 footers <laughs> and 40 footers? How much did you see that change during your career? And in recent years, I mean, I remember when people would, coaches would probably bench people immediately if they took a shot <laughs> from that far back behind the line, but now you see guys that can make that. I mean, how how have you seen that kind of change over the years? Um, You know, obviously Steph was doing it, Damian. They were all doing it a long time ago, but it wasn't really a big conversation point. It was just like, oh, these guys are just – these guys can do it. It's insane what they're doing. So not taking tons of credit or anything, but Eric Gordon and I, you know, my first – mostly are my first and second year in Houston, you know, 
it was like this crazy thing Eric and I were doing, the way people were talking to us. We were shooting from the logo. We were never shooting uh, even a foot past the three-point line. We were shooting deep yeah. threes. And the reason for that was to give the best offensive player in the NBA the most space possible. Guys weren't, you know, guys weren't just uh, leaving Eric and I out to have wide open threes either. So, I mean, the more guys hugging up on you and trying to keep you away from the, getting the ball, you know, at times it would even be frustrating. You know, I'd get three shots in a game and no one's saying, oh, Ryan, great job with your spacing. You know, they're just saying, <laughs> right. oh man, this guy can't score a bucket. It's like, no, that's a part of the system. There's a reason we're winning games. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's like, that became a huge, that became a huge part of my value later on in my career was just being a guy that can knock down shots and guys didn't want to leave open. So, uh, you know, just standing there was kind of like a, was kind of like a, a part of the, the job and had a ton of value. And I'd hear it from the coaches and everybody, but you know, obviously fans and people don't understand that aspect of the game, but spacing is huge. Spacing is the biggest part of the game now, you know? Well, they have a stat pretty much for everything. So maybe you needed like some kind of spacing stat, like Ryan averaged 9.6 feet behind the three point line. And we need to come up with a better way to market it than standing the standing there. This is is what it is. This is what it is. I'll give it to you. There's a, obviously we were, the Rockets were pretty popular in China before certain things happened. Um, And, uh, we so like a few of the players got nicknames so like me eric and james got a nick we had like this nickname going around for for each of us and and uh i forget what james and eric's were but they were like pretty cool sounding you know they were like Mm. real good names yeah mine mine uh obviously like you know the black mamba kobe stuff is big so mine i'm the standing still mamba that's what they call me in China, <laughs> the standing still mamba. I'm like, whatever, man. Give me a name that's awesome, but it's like, great, you know. That's I'm the coolest guy just standing there on the court. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that works on a T-shirt quite as well as as black no. or, or you know marketing stuff, but you know, hey, if it, it sounds like a compliment, I think so. The mamba the mentality mom. for standing. Mamba mentality. I had that mamba mentality out there, baby. You better believe it. You better believe it. Standing out there on the logo, just yep. hands straight up, mamba mentality. Ryan, before I uh, go back to Daniel, I wanted to kind of ask you just a few questions about some certain ideas that people have floated in terms of changes that they would consider or like to make to the three-point shot now. I preface this by saying that it sounds like you're not a big fan of the idea that they need to change things. It sounds like you're okay with the way that the game is, is headed. <laughs> and that kind of thing. But, but I'll, I'll throw them out to you anyways. And, and, and okay. see what you think. Um, Who are these people, Jim? Who uh, are these? I would say podcasters, like okay, people, okay. people that talk about basketball all the time, like different so, things. So tons of, tons of credibility, tons of credibility for these people. I'm just I mean, kidding, man. If it wasn't, if it's not this podcast, there's not a lot of credibility, but, but nonetheless, this is is the only credible podcast. Go on. So, um, I think the number one idea that people come up with in terms of like, there's too many three pointers shot. We need to do something about this is to make the line deeper. 
okay. to add, you know, like a couple feet or maybe a few feet to the line. What do you, how, what's your opinion of that and what impact do you think that would make? Have you, how many times have you gone out there and shot an NBA three? Like Jim, you yourself. Jim's how a sharp shooter. A, a good amount, a good amount. I mean, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, this is why, this is why I asked. Do you think that it's like a pretty easy? No. Especially from like that. Like the that, actual uh, line? You, you mean the actual NBA the line? Actual NBA line. It, it's it's there, very difficult. There's moments, right? there's moments when I've like stepped away for a few months from the game and I come back and I'm shooting and I'm like, well, I gotta get my you know, I gotta get my stuff yeah. back to get my stamina back. Like mm -hmm. it's it's far, man. And guys make it look so easy now it's it's Steph makes it look and Damien but like Steph makes it look so easy like it looks like he's shooting a layup and yeah. he's not he's not this massive guy or this super strong dude he just knows how to work his entire body into his shot he's not just shooting with his arms like to where it's so in rhythm and so fast that it's like effortless it's kind of amazing you know it is amazing so no i don't think you should you should move the the three-point line back just for the sheer fact that like nobody is gonna do what steph and like there's guys that can sort of do that but nobody's gonna be able to do that kind of stuff i can't see somebody else doing what steph is doing sure you know and I know we're I know we're running low on time, so I'll I'll speed through a couple. You guys still you guys are still on that plan, huh? The, the <laughs> still haven't given you that hour long your, budget. Your please no. didn't your please didn't work. But apparently we're not as credible as as we think we are because they, they, we have to earn it still the extra hour we have to earn. We need to do some scandalous. Let's do something real. Let's just get go viral right now, Jim. <laughs> take your shirt off, Jim. <laughs> oh boy, that'll that'll crash the whole thing. <laughs> that'll that'll end the that'll end the podcast and um i uh once in a blue moon i'll go out and shoot five the five threes from the five different spots mm. usually i make like eight or nine but that's no defense that's no pressure that's no time but anyways right. um okay jim another also quick a fisher <laughs> price hoop okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah i was gonna say okay jim gas yourself my, up a little bit jim my brother my, <laughs> my brother my brother played d2 he can probably make like four 15 consistently it's but it's it's, a hard, it's it, people people the average person has no idea the difference in shooting range like some people say hey a guy shoots an 18 footer why can't he just take two steps back and shoot the same <laughs> shot it's like that's not the same shot no it's not but, the same shot and, and it has to be you know, maybe okay keep going because i actually was yeah. gonna throw out some ideas the, yeah. um uh, the other two quick ones I, I ideas that people have are um getting rid of corner threes in terms of like just making the line extend out to the side. Cause you know how it, it kind of cuts in mm -hmm. so that you can actually get your feet in. And, um, and, and the, uh, just having a, have another, another idea that I, I can't believe someone suggested was shorter line because it would mean that the defense wrote doesn't have to rotate as far, but Anyways, those are the two. Why, my question to you guys is, why do you think I, are, are people getting tired of the way the game is played now? Like, why do you think people want this to be, do you think because it looks too easy now or why? I just think it's that people think that there's, it's too much based on three-point shooting, like winning or losing. I think, I mean, 
that would be the quickest way that I would explain it. It's just, it's interesting because it's like in any business or anything in any part of the world, you're going to do what you can possibly do to produce the most out of what you have. And, and with basketball, obviously three points is more than two points. Like if you want to win a game, you're going to have to do it that way. And I think teams really, I mean, Golden State changed the trend of everything with the way that they played and kind of having, you know, David, you saw with David Lee, like David Lee was one of the biggest players in the NBA and all-star. And then all of a sudden, you know, obviously he gets hurt, nothing against him, but like Draymond steps in and you would have never thought Draymond Green was going to be what Draymond Green is. I mean, and he changed and pivoted roles and that sort of shift. And then they win. They obviously win championships. Everybody. It's so funny to me, like, this actually was kind of some big beef amongst a few guys that I played with, uh, you know, over the years, but like one team wins and then every team trends towards that team rather than like, Hey, look at what we have. You know, there were so many teams that I played on where it's like, look at what we have. If we keep building this sure. guys don't want to build anymore. Team organizations don't want to build anymore. They want to win now. That's right. why you see all-star teams. That's why you see Blake Griffin's going to – or is he going to Brooklyn? Is this, Yeah, he's in Brooklyn. There. He's in Brooklyn. Yep. Okay, he's in Brooklyn. This is how much I'm keeping up with current news. Uh, whatever. <laughs> the point is, like, come on, man. Look at that squad. Are you kidding me? Like, you would have thought with AD and LeBron, that's enough. And now you got – it's like <laughs> there's – I don't know that that point to that point, Jim, I'm not frustrated about the game. I like the way the game is. I think it's fun. It's fast paced. But now it's like this is getting out of hand with it's literally like somebody's behind the remote of a video game putting together a, the dream squad now. And that's how you win, you know, but yeah, that's I, my that's my only frustration in this world of basketball. I think my, my quick synopsis too, just to be clear is very quick, please. Yes. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think people, I don't think fans or I, me personally, I have no problem with teams trying to do whatever they can to win. I think more of the discussion about the three point game is how do, how do we get it so that it's not overtaking everything else? Mm -hmm. I have zero issues. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes if I'm a team to win. So if it, if that means taking 110 threes in a game and that's the best way to win, I'm never going to complain about that. I just think it's yeah. more of just an overall for the game. Yeah. People but there, but you just said it, Jim, you just said it, you know, that's why everyone's doing it because yep. everybody just wants to win and keep up with the times, you know, it's, sure. it's yeah, of course I miss the game the way it was and the, you know, the, the, the old school style of play. And, you know, I grew up watching that. I love it. We all did, but this is the way it is now, man. And, it's if you really look at it it's pretty amazing what these guys are doing certainly is even though, even though damien did it did it on you guys last yeah sorry maybe Go we on. should have the rock and jock four point play like back in the day when they played those celebrity basketball games just four point four point spot ten point spot at half court I i'm mean, okay with that give them a four point shot why don't we do a four pointer there we go we've solved all our problems mtv yep. rock and jock style but <laughs> Anyways, Ryan, I really appreciate the time. Uh, maybe the next time we talk, we will get the Zoom premium uh, premium here so we can talk a little bit longer. But we Come will on, catch Pelicans. up with you. We'll catch Sorry. up with you when your new venture 
you know, when you yes. uh, when you release the news, we'll have you on. But this was a really great conversation. I really appreciate it. Best of luck with you and your family and the baby girl number two. I'll text you some advice here in a little Please bit for, for baby girl number two. But I really appreciate it. Good catching up with you again. Great talking to you guys. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you, Ryan. All right, we'll be back at the end of the week for one more Pelicans podcast. We appreciate you listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.